should the San Francisco 49ers be panicking? Going down to Arizona, losing the way they they did. Should they panic? Should they panic because Trey Lance is looking like an, looking like a rookie? I mean, you've got to put it out there. Trey Lance, he looks like a rookie. Ups and downs, kind of predicted that um, on the last podcast, but he looks like a rookie. Should San Francisco panic, though? I mean, what's the status of Jimmy? Uh, one, one heck of a game, I got to say. And, you know, actually being there live, as some of you, you know, don't know yet, but I was, I was there live. That thing was rocking. The stadium was just, and it was just outrageous. The State Farm Stadium and the way they des- designed it and this, the way, you know, they just kind of orchestrated everything into that stadium. It's just, I like it. It's probably one of the best stadiums I've ever been to. And there's a couple stadiums I have I've yet to go and I need to go visit them, obviously. But it's I'm, I'm guaranteeing it's the top five stadium in the NFL, I believe. If you haven't been there, I would recommend going. Um, you know, today I want to get a little bit into the 49ers. I want to get a lot into the 49ers, actually, but we'll see how time goes. But I want to get into the 49ers, like I said, and I also want to kind of, yeah, definitely get into the San Francisco Giants and the Dodgers. I mean, it's, it's, you know, October baseball, it's, it's Dodgers versus Giants, LA versus SF. I mean, if you're from Cali, if you're from the Bay, if you're from LA, you definitely understand what's at stake. I mean, this is this is bragging rights for it could be for years. I mean, this is the first time, you know, these teams are actually meeting in the playoffs. So, I mean, this whole thing is this it's kind of is Giants torture baseball coming at you live. And it's just something you just really have to sit down and either watch the game or go out and enjoy it. If you're out there wanting to go to one of these stadiums. So um, going back to the 49ers and just the walking into the stadium, I just just appreciate, you know, this being there, you know, with my family, uh, I have my guys with me and, you know, we, we got there. We were screaming this, you know, top of our lungs. First time we go down there and it was fun. You know, they got the rowdy fans out there and they do their little, I, I kind of forgot what they did, but, um, you know, with, with us, you know, every, every time the, the 49ers would get a first down, it would go 49ers first down. Oh, 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 oh. And these people didn't know what the hell was going on. And it was it was just funny. But, you know, going to the game in the live atmosphere, these these fans had was just it was kind of top notch. And I and I loved it. Uh, you know, I could say respectful, but, you know, heard of, you know, other things going on inside the stadium. But it was it was one of those games to be at. And I was I was extremely excited because I wanted to see the Arizona Cardinals. I wanted to see Kyler Murray. I wanted to see D hop and all these guys on Arizona. Um, Obviously, seeing Trey Lance's first start was I I liked it. I think Trey, he played in. I've I've told a couple people this. And if I had to give Trey Lance any type of grade, I would definitely give him a C plus. I wouldn't give him anything in the B range. And obviously an A is, you know, is really pushing it. 
But if I had to give Trey a grade just based off his performance, the way he looked, the way he carried himself, the way he kind of dug deep when moments in the game and it seems like he was just kind of out of whack. He was missing receivers, missing running backs, simple plays. You're talking about screens and you're talking about intermediate kind of throws that he was just missing. And I felt like for him, he really needed to settle down and and kind of go through his and kind of go through his progressions. Right. And he, he needed to go through some of the things that quarterbacks need to learn from, especially if they're really young. If you're really young, you really need to get out into the field and obviously being a being a playbook. But you really have to get your reps. And these are live live bullets kind of coming right at them. And it's, it's one of those things you have to live and you have to learn. I think Trey Lance played OK. It's with one of those plays. Um, I believe it was fourth and goal, fourth and one. Uh, Trey Lance was scrambling to the right. And this is the play they say he, he may have got hurt on his knee, actually. I mean, Trey took a big hit. And I honestly thought, I mean, you see the video on my social media. I actually thought that he was going to score. And, you know, we were kind of, oh, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. And all of a sudden, he kind of lowered his head. And the thing about, and I talked to a couple of people about this and, you know, the thing about, you know, playing a position like quarterback. And if you're playing a position like, you know, wide receiver, and you know, running back too, you have to avoid, right. You know, some people like to go out there and look for hits. I know a couple of people like that. I know a, a, a number of players that actually go out there and look for contact, but in you're a quarterback and you are, the next you are kind of like the franchise guy i should say and you're out there running around and you 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 want to score you want to put points on the board you want to get your team get your team up you want to be you just pretty much on the board you'll do pretty much anything right but i felt like what trey did he really obviously tried to get the touchdown but he wanted to show some toughness i think i think trey was you know what I can I can bang this thing in right now, lower my head, run somebody over. You know what? I'm 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 that dude. But when you are in the NFL, you have to know that these are these are guys getting paid not just to tackle, not just to sack, but they're competing for a championship. And it's a lot of things on stake. I mean, guys are playing for bonuses. This is part of their salary. This is, you know, the money they could be making the following year. So these guys are playing, you know, with a chip on their shoulders. Right. And and if you're thinking about what Trey Lance is thinking and what the defense is thinking, these guys are going all out, going all out, obviously. But what Trey did, I thought Trey was just I'm just going to lower my head and just, you know, see what happens. Someone's about to get ran over. And on that particular play, he was scrambling out and about to score. I honestly thought this dude was about to literally just jump in, like dive in, you know, put the put the ball right over the goal line. He might do a flip. Something might happen. But I think that was that was in my mind. I thought that was going to happen. But Trey lowered his head and he he got rocked, I believe. And it was I think two guys just came up, lowered the boom on Trey and 
that got the crowd that got the crowd going and even i was screaming that was it was a huge hit i thought he may have even got in but he, he he got rocked it was a big collision and i i believe that's the play they were saying that trey lance may have may have injured his knee on that particular play um it, it's something to look at it's something that they should you know obviously be aware kind of know and kind of teach him when you're down in the goal line just try to get in over the top if you're gonna run somebody over make sure it's a db i don't want to see trade lands running over linebackers i mean that's that's good and all i mean if he runs over a linebacker in the next game that's that's fine but at the same time What's the chances of Trey Lance is running over another another linebacker and another defensive lineman? It's not high, and you you could get hurt. I mean, when you're rushing 16 times, you're rushing 16 times. Not all were designed, but there were a number of Shanahan's calls were actually designed for Trey to run, which is fine, and I I kind of like that from Shanahan. But at the same time, you really have to pay attention to the rookie's body, his body language. What was he? How was he acting? How was he performing under certain amount of pressure, especially the fourth downs? How is he responding? Right. And I think that I think that Shanahan was so in tune into the game and some of the mistakes he made last week. He wanted to make sure he wasn't going to make that again. Right. Some of the mistakes he's having last week, the previous week before that, I think is catching up to him. And he wants to say, OK, if I'm not going on fourth down, you know, in the middle of the field, I'm kicking them. I'm, I'm kicking it away. I'm punting it. I want to make sure next game that's not going to happen, because if, if a reporter or reporters are asking me, saying that, why would you on fourth and one wanted to kick it and you had the momentum going on that quarter on that drive he doesn't i don't feel shanahan would want anybody thinking not really negative on him but in a way you're thinking are you just an offensive coordinator or are you really an head coach there's a difference an offensive coordinator is coordinator obviously of the offense they're designing the plays they're calling the plays they're scouting the 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 opponent's defense they have a team together that's going to go against the opponent's defense but when you're a head coach you're involved with everything literally the offense the defense the special teams the training room it goes all the way down and i'm just thinking i like shanahan as a head coach and what he kind of brings to the San Francisco 49ers, especially when he got here, I think, I think is he's a, he's a, he's a good head coach, but I think he lacks, I think he lacks in certain areas that I believe he, he should have help on. And if he's not having the proper help that he's getting from other coaches on what to do or what not to do, then I think they need to reevaluate What's going on as a whole? Do we have the right personnel? Do we have the right coaching staff? Do we have everything all together to go out here and win a chip, win a championship? Do we have enough? That's the question I believe the Niners should be asking, because it seems like some of the things that they're some of the things that they're doing 
regarding getting more talent into the San Francisco organization is coming from the top. But is it the right decisions? McGlinchey, right? The right offensive tackle from for the San Francisco 49ers is really he's he's really up and down. He has some decent games, but he also have that he has these bad games that you just can't unwatch. You know, when you kind of hit the unwatch button, you're not supposed to watch it again. Or you, you, you know what? You know what I mean? It's just like it's there. You can't click it. It's there. It's bad football. And you can see it on tape. You can see it even live that the things that he was doing, if you're missing your blocks, if you're getting your penalties, it's it's more, I believe, is mental. You know, I had, you know, good coaches, you know, throughout my life and, you know, shout out to Coach Jacobson. He used to always, always you know, kind of preach, you know, the game is more mental than physical. Just think about that. The game is more mental. You see these guys going out on TV or you're seeing them out live. Everybody's hitting each other. And I mean, it's a, it's a kind of like a macho kind of sport. Right. But with Coach Jake and what he would always say is 90% mental, 10% physical. You really have a mental game going on. You're calling your plays, how you perform your plays, how you react to certain plays, right? It's 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 a mental game. And so what I when I feel like some of these players, especially McGlinchey, he has some type of it's not a mental it's not some it's not a mental breakdown it's what he has is i think he has you know lackadaisical type of moments that he kind of loses focus and it really causes him because he i mean if you look has you, you look at look at him physically the guy he he's he's one of the he, he looks like a perfect offensive lineman he's six seven six eight over 300 pounds I mean, why not, right? Why not? He looks like he's an offensive lineman, but he has these games that you just, you, you, you just, you're disgusted sometimes. Honestly, you really are. If you know the game, the dude is not performing well. It's inconsistent. I think he's, he's able to be a starter, but they really have to look at, look at the whole overall offensive line. And see what they're missing. See if this is the offensive line. Or if these are the guys you want to go forward. Protect a quarterback. China win a, a championship. Are these are the guys going to do it? You look at the wide receivers. Get Debo, Ayuk, Sanu. It's, it's a solid receiver group. Debo's playing out of his mind. One of my favorite players. Ayuk. Ayuk is another one that's up and down. Last year, good rookie year, coming back this year. It's it it's supposed to be a step up. But I'm not seeing that. And I mean you hear all these things with him and Shanahan, and you know what? It's Brandon Ayuk, he he's a pro football player. And I'm sure he's razor sharp. And I'm sure he has a great IQ. He knows what he's doing. He's capable of doing, I believe, more. 
And you can say it, it could be the play calling. It could be the opportunity he's not getting on certain plays, certain situations. But I believe Brandon is one of the best receivers they have, including with Debo. And I'm not sure if Shanahan, he needs to open the book more and to, to give him, I guess, more opportunities to let him to, to, to let him shine, show, showcase his talent, I should say. But that's more that's more of a head coach and what he thinks of that player. If he doesn't think that player is able to do what he wants to do in his scheme, he's not he's not going to go to you. Your number's not going to get called unless you're an option number two. If option number one is not there, go to option number two. But the specific play calling, right? Are, are, are you guys following me? The specific play calling, do you actually think it's for Ayuk? Are they leaning towards Ayuk? Or who do they really lean towards? In my opinion, the whole, the, the whole offense is just based off pretty much everybody. Everybody has a part. You're sharing a ball. You're running the ball. You're running up the A, the B, the C gap, the stretch plays. It's a lot of things going on in that offense. But I think losing, and this this has it has to come with injuries because we because what happened last year, a lot of injuries back and forth. 49ers were injury prone last year. And guess what? In 2021, it looks like the same damn thing it looks like the same damn thing all over again your best player on the team on the roster is george kittle kittle is missing more time again it 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 really hurts because kittle in my opinion and you know other people's opinion obviously too depends how you look at it kittle's the best player in the 49ers He's missing time again. When you have players that miss time that good, it's a problem. They don't have enough talent to get by these injuries. This is some of the reason why they drafted Trey Lance is because they saw Jimmy was a good quarterback that can get a team to the Super Bowl. If they have the pieces around them, he can do the job. But once he's injured three out of the four years, you have to look somewhere else just in case. It's like having insurance, right? I mean, would you want to get into a car, rolling down the street, anything can happen, and you know what? You don't have any insurance. It's against the law to have, not to have, you know, car insurance. But some people don't have insurance. They ride dirty. <laughs> they really are. They're riding dirty. If you don't have any insurance, you're riding dirty. You got to have insurance with everything. Your auto, your life. Would you want to have a life insurance? Would you want to have home insurance? Wouldn't you want to have health insurance? Just in case something goes wrong, there is insurance 
pretty much what the San Francisco 49ers were doing when they drafted Lance. They wanted to get insurance just in case Jimmy goes down. This is a worst case scenario. Jimmy goes down like they kind of predicted. And they also have Trey that's down also. So now you have two quarterbacks that's that's injured right now. They say Trey, Trey Lance is out one or two weeks. Jimmy is, I don't know, what, three to four weeks? What is it? <laughs> what, what, what really is going on? Who's the third string quarterback? Who is it? This is a problem. And if you're running your rookie quarterback on design plays, and sometimes they're not designed, he's scrambling, trying to make trying to make a play. But when you have that, you have to make sure you're telling him to get down. I know you're telling them. I know they're telling them to get down. But he really, really needs to understand that this is it. I mean, there's there's Jimmy and there's Trey. And that's it. It's 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 nobody else. It's 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 Jimmy and Trey. Trey, you're you are you're the backup right now. If you're in starting, you get hurt. You have to know in the back of your head. It, it, that's it. Our chances of winning just, just drops down, maybe 30, 40 percent probably. You're not going to win with a third string quarterback. You're just not. Your defense is not that good. The Niners played a good defensive game on Sunday. I was I was impressed. I was there live. I was impressed. They made some mistakes, obviously, but the penalties obviously hurt the team. And I believe the weakness on that defense is their secondary. When you have a mediocre secondary and the opposite team are basically scouting you and you're looking at holes in the defense and they know it's a weak secondary, design plays to get to the secondary. Literally, the, the Arizona Cardinals were designing play. They designed plays. They called the plays. They executed the plays for them to pick on the secondary. That's the weakness of the 49ers. If it's comes to, you know, just simple assignments sometimes, I feel like. The pass interference, Josh Norman, solid cornerback. If I had the grade Norman right now, I'd, I'd give him a C. He's out there trying. He gets a lot of penalties, though. We we just don't have the depth. I mean, we have we lost Ferret. Um, Mosley played pretty good. I want to say he played. He, I guess he played around a C plus, B minus grade, but it's not enough back there. I seen Tart miss a, miss a couple tackles, right? I'm seeing guys out there missing tackles, and I know it's a National Football League. People are gonna miss tackles. For, I know that these dudes are talented. These are fast. The dudes are these dudes are bad, man. Athletic as hell. But we need to be consistent when it comes to the defense. If the offense is starting a rookie quarterback, you have to know it can't be a lot of points allowed. The penalties can't 
keep coming and coming and penalties and flags. It literally looked like the 4th of July. It was so many flags getting thrown. It was, <laughs> oh, it, it's amazing. Man, and, you know, just to bring up a stat I'm just looking at right now, I'm looking at Debo Samuel. I mean, he's in the, he's in the room with the greatest right receiver of all time, Jerry Rice, right? Most receiving yards by 49ers in, you know, one through five games in franchise history. Jerry Rice did it in 1989 with 634 yards. Number two, Jerry Rice did it again in 1995 with 593 and in 1986, he had 579. And in 1990, he had 574. And this is all through five games only. So, you know, kind of get that out there. So Debo Samuel is pretty much right next to Jerry. Right next to him. In 2021, he has 548 yards already. He's in, the, he's, he's in company with Jerry Rice. Just right off the bat. Debo is a he's he's a hell of a talent. Debo is a mixture of literally a running back that that's a wide receiver. He has good hands. Showcases on Sunday why he has good hands. He might get a couple drops here and there, but Debo has good hands. He has good speed. He has that he has that body that if you're in an open field. He's going to lower his shoulder. And that's it. And, that, and, and that's what exactly what Debo is going to do when you see him in the open field. If you're, you know, a DB, if you're a linebacker or a safety in the NFL, you listen to this podcast, he's going to lower your shoulder at you. You should know that. But anyways, Debo is he's, he's one of those guys that he's probably what a top three player on the 49ers right now. He has to be. I mean, with Kittle going down, I mean, it. I mean, Verrett going down. Some of these guys are just, we're going down and we have to rely on our youth. We have to rely on our rookie quarterback to go out there and try to win a, try to win as a ball game. It The, the stakes are, it's pretty high. The expectations are, are high. It's championship or bust. It really is. Since you went to the Super Bowl in 2019, the San Francisco 49ers went to the Super Bowl and lost to Kansas City. Their expectations, the 49ers, is is Super Bowl or bust. Why wouldn't it? Why wouldn't it be? I mean, are you settling for maybe a division? You win your division. Maybe you make it to, obviously you make it to the playoffs. Maybe then you get bounced out the first round. Was that a successful season? Some people will say yes. I would, I wouldn't say yes. Your expectations is Super Bowl. You made it there. And getting back is extremely hard. I understand that. But what's your expectations this year? I just wish I was a fly in the in, in the room right now. I mean, listening to Shanahan, listening to to John Lynch, what are they what are they saying to each other as a group, as a whole? The whole coaching staff, the front office, the coaching staff, what's going on? 
What is the true expectations that they really have? I mean, especially right now. I mean, if you're two and three, do you believe you're still a championship caliber team? In the back of my mind, I think they still think they are a championship caliber team if they're healthy. If they're not healthy, we have to survive and hopefully make the playoffs. That's pretty much what I'm what I'm kind of getting from this whole thing being two and three. I think they think they're in a championship caliber team. They, they have that team, I should say. But is that enough? And are they thinking we just have to survive? Hopefully Seattle's gone with Russell's finger. Hopefully the Rams kind of slip up somehow, right? Stafford just comes on. He just gets on the bad streak. Arizona's going to be there. I think that's, if I had to look at the division, if the Rams are healthy, I think the Rams are obviously good. Cardinals are healthy. They're flying around. The Cardinals right now are playing better than the Rams. And then you have the San Francisco 49ers. You should say, you, then you should, then, then you should have, you should say Seahawks. Because the Seahawks just beat the 49ers last week. So the 49ers really are looking up in their division. Seattle's going to take a step, take a step down. Niners should take a step up, hopefully. And just wait to see what's going to happen with the Cardinals and Rams. One of those teams are going to fold. They, they're they're just, just gonna, they're going to fall. I think it's the Rams. I think it might be the Rams. Niners just need to get healthy. I don't know what they need to do when it comes to their health. And it, it seems like it's back-to-back years. What do you need to do to just stay healthy? And I know it's not the training staff and it's the, you know, it, it's just, it's just, I don't know what it is. They just need to stay healthy. You can't stay healthy. You're not going to be in the playoffs. That's it. I'm seven, but it's pretty much the closest thing to it. It's a game five. We have a game five here in San Francisco. Dodgers versus Giants. Game five. Basically a game seven. Winner takes all. I mean, I don't know. Oh, man. If if somebody told you the Giants and Dodgers would be playing in the game five to go on and face the Braves in the NLDS, I, I don't know if I would have believed that. That's it's it's the dream is coming true. I mean, these are two iconic teams in the MLB. These are two teams that are rivals, if you put it if you put it that way. Going back to New York, traveling all the way here in the West Coast in California, Dodgers going to LA, San Francisco going to the Bay. I mean, what do we have? We have the rivalry. I think of I think it's the best rivalry in baseball. You can say it's Boston. You can say it's it Boston and Yankees, right? Some people will put them up there. I put the Dodgers and Giants right there as a rival. That's me. That's why I, I really feel. I feel the Giants and the Dodgers are the best rival 
in the MLB. I think maybe top what top five in sports. <laughs> I mean, you you got to really look at teams like the Lakers and Celtics, right? You can almost say the Niners and Cowboys are rivals. Well, they used to be. Then there's the Dodgers and the Giants. And you're talking about a game five in your hometown. Logan Webb on the mound. I can't. Oh, man. Logan Z. I'm not sure who Logan reminds me of. Young pitcher, right handed. This, this really, this filthy stuff. I can't get a comparison in my head right now, but I believe. Logan Webb lasts at least seven innings. The Giants are going to be up. And the Giants for this game, I believe, starting off early and putting the pressure on the Dodgers is very key. See, if you start off early, especially if you're the home team, you get the crowd behind you, you're feeling good about yourself. Everybody's smiling, you're playing the music you like. It's just a confidence booster. It's a confidence booster that you know in the back of your mind. Even though you're winning, you have the home field advantage. You're going to get that last at bat. At least that at least that you know that for sure. But you should feel confident. You're at home. You have your best pitcher on the mound. He's so young that he can he can get a good recovery after game one start last week, which he dominated, right? He dominated Logan Webb. But I believe one of the best pitchers in the MLB. Giants had the bird rights over him, so he's going to be there for the next couple years. But this is his biggest game of his of his of his life. It's the biggest game of Logan Webb's his life right now. Thursday night. This is, it's, it's the biggest game. Is he ready? Is he going to be ready? He's going to be pumped. Overexcited. I think he's going to perform well. I think the Giants are going to get off to an early lead. I think the Dodgers are going to, they're going to pull everything. I th- the the, the Giants are going to pull everything too, but I think the Dodgers are going to go obviously all out. Not sure who's going to be starting on the um for the for the Dodgers, but they're going to be going all out. They're going to give it all they can. Realistically, the pressure is on the Dodgers. Highest payroll in MLB, championships of last year. All the expectation this team's had within the last, what, what, seven, eight years or whatnot, it's been through the roof. These guys are paying big time money to the guys that got on the team right now. And if they're not winning a championship this year, if you're losing to the rival Giants, what's that say about the organization down there in L.A.? Are they spending too much money? Because the team in the Bay, 
It seems like we got something going on that's good. Well, you're the championships of last year. Look what the San Francisco Giants have been doing as a whole this past decade. You compare the Giants, you compare the Dodgers, you compare these two teams, and you look at what the strengths, what the weakness, how they're coached, how the farm how the farm system works. And you look at that and you say, hmm, Farhan was a Dodger in the Dodgers organization at one point. But the Giants had a kind of a mediocre, I guess, farm system. Dodgers had a good one. They still do. But I think the Giants as a whole have some of the just the mental toughness from 2010, 2012, 2014. And now you have 2021's team. I believe the the toughest teams, the teams that actually obviously perform, you know, you're you're out there hitting, obviously. You gotta be hitting, you gotta be putting people on base, you have to be pitching. But they're just a tough team that I wouldn't want to see any team if I was in the opposite team of the Giants. You want to face these guys. Game five on Thursday. It's going to be rocking. Man, I can't wait. Hope you guys are watching. Thank you for tuning in to Competitive 24. Once again, this is your host, Calvin Roberts. Uh, Please go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Uh, Make sure, you know, if you have any questions, reach out. Let's talk. Let's see what you got. So once again, thank you for tuning in. This is Calvin Roberts, and I'm out.